0: Sponsored by Harringer's Contracting. The roof people who.
1: There it goes. Anyway, uh, my recording just died for some reason, but nonetheless I started it up again. It's a Friday. Friday show. Remember last Friday we weren't here because it was Labor Day. I, I sound like Joe Roselli. Remember, it's the it's week after Labor Day. That's right, right now is the opening ceremonies up at the uh, right near here at the uh, Italian American Club. That's uh, Bravo Fest. It uh, starts now. goes through uh, goes through tomorrow. Uh, good time had by all. Live entertainment tonight also is going to be the Miss Italia pageant. Uh, Kathy Latier put that together uh, once again. She's it's not the first time Kathy Latier has come to the rescue uh, to save the Miss Italia uh, pageant. There was there was speculation they wouldn't have the pageant anymore. I mean, in this woke world, where you know where everyone is so. I, I just, you know, everyone admires themselves on online, particularly young individuals, by holding a camera up and saying, look at me, aren't I gorgeous? I, I tell you what, so, I mean, it's great to see that, but the whole pageant, you know, the whole aspect of pageants and you know, going out there and showing off your talent and playing a vitar a or a sitar, or whatever the hell it is, uh, those days are, you know, as much as everyone is, you know, into showing off, they don't want to show off in front of people. I guess it's because you can't hold up the camera above and you know take a shot from the neck up. I guess that's what it's all about. But nonetheless, uh, that's going on tonight. Lovely ladies. And by the way, if you, you if you look at News Junkie, there's a, uh, a thumbnail of the uh, of, of past Miss Italia's, at least uh, eight or nine of them. So there will be a new one crowned tonight. So let's see. Uh, I spoke. I'd rather, I listened to the Hotline Show today. Nothing stands out. No arguments. I, don't, I can't remember. And it's very important that we get, uh, you know, uh, on, uh, I guess you could say, in sync with one another, with both myself and and Jeff Graham. You don't want to cover the same things. Inevitably, I just uh, watch Fox News over the years, and uh, a lot of times, you know, Tucker would have a show exclusive to himself, and then Hannity would do something exclusive. Now they're just doing, they're just rehashing the same things. Sometimes they just resort to going back to the same videos. I also noticed that... uh, Jesse Waters, uh, his show has changed is dynamically. The, the set design has changed. You know, Tucker Carlson is so good. All you all he needed was a was was a bedroom sheet hanging behind him, or, or something that looks like a you know a Calvin Klein uh, a, a commercial from the early '90s, you know, early '70s paneling. It didn't matter. But now, since they've lost upwards of eight hundred thousand viewers in that hour. Uh, they've, they've dressed up the set. All of a sudden, all, things look really modern. They show 6th Avenue outside. They show a lot more graphics. It's not going to save Jesse. Jesse's good. Don't get me wrong. I like him. But boy, when you lose Jesus Christ, you can't replace him with one of the disciples. It's just not the same. And yes, I put him in the same category. That's how good Tucker Carlson is. No, he's not Jesus. Neither was the Beatles, but you know where I'm going with that. He is the best, and he's missed. He's been gone now since April. I know he's doing his thing on X or formerly Twitter. Uh, It's just not the same. I can't wait till he gets into a new machine and is seen on a nightly basis, on a collective basis, where we can all see him together. 755-1240 is the number. We'll have a lighthearted Friday today if you want. Sometimes it starts off that way. Most often it doesn't. So uh, let's see what, uh, what's in store for the—it's uh, the, 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 still the preseason as far as the political realm is concerned around here. We focus so much on the local race, uh, and, and it's a big one because we have two council seats, we know, plus the big mayoral race. History will be made. We will have our first female mayor. It's a long time coming. But I don't know of any other races going around. We don't have assembly races. We don't have a senatorial race. I can't imagine anyone's going to stick their— you know, face up against a uh, uh, Senator Walzick, thats not going to happen. I can't imagine any. Well, I'm—I'm I'm assuming uh, there will be a, a Democrat that will run against Scott Gray, but that—that that won't happen. And if it does, I'm, Scott's going to be there for as long as he wants. Scott's doing a great job. He really is. He's very proactive. He doesn't want any of the migrants coming up uh, to what was uh, the the prison up there on Dry Hill. And um, hopefully that—I that, don't know if Scott has enough clout to prevent that from happening, but. Eventually, it, you know, the migrant issue going on in New York City is getting worse. Go, uh, mayor Adams there stood out. And you know what? As much as, 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 as I don't really like the fact that we have yet another liberal mayor running the greatest city of all time, I do like Eric Adams. I like him. Plus, he's in excellent shape. And I respect him a hell of a lot more than that idiot de Blasio. He was arguably the worst mayor of all time. Worse than Mayor Lindsay. But this guy is uh, that guy, rather. Was it but Eric Adams was saying, Oh, 100,000 people, but uh, again, 10 of 10,000 of which comes from Texas. And I know I'm coming up with copy points from the Sean Hannity show, I get it, but 100,000 people can over leverage an already abysmal city after COVID. And so, what he said two days ago, I'm talking about Eric Adams, does make a lot of sense. This is going to change New York City forever. But having said that, New York City, of course, is the anchor to the entire state. And slowly but surely, they're going to disperse them throughout every county of New York State. So get ready, folks. And obviously, Assemblyman Gray, um, Blankenbush, and our, our congresswoman are going to try their darndest. But this wave is just starting. So look out at a theater near you. Hi, you're in the air. Glenn, how are you? What's this stuff? Duffman, what's going on?
2: Not much, man. you uh, you up for a little bit of criticism or no?
1: Go right ahead.
2: Uh, what are you going to get that phone situation fixed there, where you get it hangs up after six rings?
1: Oh, I, I can't fix and that,
2: you, and then you lose your place in the queue. I mean, you know, I don't. Know but why, you're the first call. Start doing that.
1: Well, I mean, typically, I I wait. You know, I say a, I say like six no, no, minutes. It's with,
2: nothing to do with you. I'm saying you, you used to ramble on two years ago, but it would ring and ring and ring, and you you wouldn't lose your place. Now after six rings, it hangs up
1: on. Huh? I thought it was twelve rings. And, or no, it's
2: about six. It's it's less than it used to be, that's all I know. But huh. uh the the reason I called and I yeah. remember it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> had a little a little shot down, uh, all in good gesture.
1: You know? Yeah, I understand. Bad yeah. phone connection. Yeah,
2: you know that whiny voice will get to you.
1: you know. Yeah. Yeah, oh God, yesterday. Awful. Oh so yeah.
2: wish uh, yeah. yeah, and I got oh, headsets oh, on. Yeah.
1: Not I to know, mention right? tinnitus. So
2: um, did you see the, uh, the the news report on 7 on the uh, electric buses at uh, Indian River?
1: No, I did not. I did, I, I was unf- I, well, the, unaware of that.
2: Well, the superintendent got on there. He was talking. He says, we're going to need double the buses we've got right now. Mm-hmm. I think he said, I don't know if he said they're 800000 or $450,000 a piece.
0: Hmm.
2: It's going to cost multi-million dollars to, to set up the charging stations. Plus, we're going to have to pay to charge them. I don't see where the taxpayer benefits whatsoever mm. with these electric buses that are gonna be uh, undependable, mm-hmm. uh, especially up here because you lose fifty percent of your battery when it gets below thirty thirty degrees
0: right right uh,
2: and then and then you're gonna have kids stranded out in the middle of nowhere,
0: mm-hmm. you know, yeah,
2: of course now with cell phones and stuff, but anyway, right. it's just gonna be one big inconvenience, and why? The state is forcing the school districts to do that. Right. I don't think it's right. I think people got to start speaking up. I mean, enough, enough.
1: Yeah. But okay, you, you and I could talk about this forever, but nothing's going to happen. Randy Weingarten and mean, her machine doesn't, doesn't lose. They always win. They always win.
2: Yeah. And then, and then the, the sad part is, you look at the test scores, you look at the kids yeah. coming out. Right. I mean, all you got to do is go on Facebook. I don't know who's teaching them how to spell. Right. You know, it's, yeah. But I mean, yeah, and I'm no and I'm no great speller either. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. I I can do the basic words. Once right. in a while, I got to look up something, but uh, it's it's just uh, it's really something to mm-hmm. you know see today, and it's you know we, we reward people who do crappy work,
1: right? Well, the new Green Deal I mean, just, it, trumps education. It, it, I mean, what you're saying is, uh, and I hear you, in, is that you know they're, they're more more interested in inclusivity, inclusivity, uh, equality, trans rights. Uh, buses that are too expensive and don't operate in cold conditions—they're more—they're putting that at the top, at the priority, uh, as opposed to uh, teaching kids the three R's. And I know I'm going to the old school with that, but you know what I'm saying. We—we uh, we got oh, yeah. co- arguably one of the dumbest 40. generations coming up the ranks, and then you add COVID to that. That's not my grandchild, and I'm not saying it's your grandchild, but for the most part, on average, particularly uh, urban uh, school districts. Uh, the, the level of, of intelligence has sharply decreased in recent years and it's just getting worse because they're more focused on the green new deal and making sure your kids accept every every color of the new uh, you know community flag wink wink, you know what I'm talking about as opposed to actually being ready for higher education, which is college. yes, I agree with you.
2: Or, or work ethic, or uh, yeah, basics. right. You know, you've got to know the basics. Respect. Phone goes down. You got to know the basics.
1: Mm-hmm, you do. If
2: you're working in, in the, like, yesterday I was in sister the electricity went off because we hit by lightning. Uh, if hmm. you don't know the basics, you're you're done. And of course, a lot of these kids couldn't. Now, if I was in a, uh, a grocery store, I could figure out the basics and I could I could handle things without having to have the cash uh, tell tell me what to do. Right. And business would could go on, right, right. And the other thing is, is you sit there and wonder if they, if they even care about, you know, you and I. Education never stops. I mean, I've been watching the History Channel uh, and learning even for more, decades. Even we studied it before about the uh, uh, emperors and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Caesar, and I don't know if you watch that, but it's really good to watch. Mm-hmm. You watch on the History Channel. They had uh, yeah, no, I'm you know,
1: sure. Yeah, about knowledge about is power. And, yeah, uh, right. Right.
2: And Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, you know, I mean, we, we were taught that in school, but then to, to go into depth, you know what I mean? It's right. really interesting to me, uh, you
1: know, the... Well, I think traditionally, all men, men especially yeah. are more in tune to history and, and get into it after, years after school is over. Unfortunately, the History Channel has porn stars on more than, more than Hitler. In the beginning, it was the, the Hitler channel. channel, and now it's just porn right. stars. I rarely see any type of documentary. I have to go to another channel to see all that old stuff. But but it's it's fascinating.
2: um, Fox Business runs a good series uh, that, um, what's his name, does in the morning. But he does it in the evening. I think it's on Monday night. America
1: built. Yeah. No. And, and again, I know I like the pioneers that you and I talked about, You know the, uh, the, the, the origins of food, yeah. those who built You know, Rockefeller, and you've got Carnegie. But remember, remember Duff man. and I'm not talking about your kids, and I'm not talking about your grandchildren, but for the most part, anyone born after 1990 doesn't give a crap. They don't care. They don't care about history. No. They do care about making history. And, and I saw a video the other day of a, like a six, seven-year-old kid who got angry, and this was caught on a ring camera. And he's driving by, and he sees an American flag planted in someone's front yard, and he just gets up and throws it throws it back at someone. It's like, already this kid at an early age, he didn't have to go to Berkeley. He didn't even have to go to, like, Oswego State. He's seven, eight years old, and he's already determined he, he comes from a, a country of racists. And I'm sure his parents are very proud that's
0: of that. Good behavior.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's right. what we're breeding right now. Yeah, a whole new generation that, you know, once China takes over, probably in the next 10, 12 years, if not sooner, uh, they'll have us, them, us all fighting with each other, which will ultimately sh- start with a civil war, color against color. And then eventually they'll assess things and uh, you know, they'll have a whole new country to work with. Joe Biden will be very proud of that. He'll be in the grave at that point. But nonetheless, uh, it's going to be a great, great future for all of us, uh, Duff, man, I can't wait. Can you or what? Can you wait? Can, are you looking forward to the future in, in 2028 and beyond? Because my guess is 2025 is the date. That's the date when Taiwan is taken over and all hell breaks loose. So let's, let's hope that the micron co- of chip company is built outside Syracuse by then so we can all at least you know hate each other with our iPhones that unfortunately won't be built in China anymore. So at that point, they'll have to start making them somewhere else. So ultimately, we'll get the jobs back here if, of course, we survive the war that we're ultimately going to have with China in the next 24 months. But that's just me, Jim. Uh, excuse me, Jim. That's just me, Duff. I got to go because I'm running out of time. But thanks. Uh, you have a good weekend, Duff. Man, I appreciate hey, it. I'll work on the phone. I, don't, I have no control over that, unfortunately. Hi, you're in the air. Yeah, uh, Glenn. They said the buses would cost between three and
3: four hundred thousand to replace hmm. to get electric. So if you just said three hundred thousand, a hundred buses—that's thirty million dollars. F- wow. Where the hell would Indian River District come up with thirty million dollars?
1: Probably from the feds. Where
3: would Watertown, right? come up with 30 million you know the, the company we don't own our buses but can you imagine
1: mm-hmm.
3: if the company student one has to replace for a student I don't know how many buses they got in the North country it's mm-hmm. way over a hundred yeah if they had to replace them mm-hmm. put up the charging stations do you know what the school tax would go up to yeah. because they would have to charge, so much money Mm -hmm. to the school system to haul their kids Mm -hmm. around every single day, it'd be unbelievable Mm
0: -hmm. what they
3: would have to charge. We complained about Mr. Freeman when he had his price. Mm -hmm. That's why they switched. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, I guarantee that the taxes would have to go completely sky high Mm -hmm. to pay a bus company to spend forty, fifty million dollars on electric buses, and like Indian River said, Mike. that's not including over a hundred charging stations run electrics. Mm-hmm. then they've got to find the power to do, it, and we don't have it. Mm-hmm. Nobody has the power to do that. There's something definitely wrong. With the governor of this state, California, and the rest of the democratic Lib states. Right. There's something uh, definitely wrong with them. We should have recalls and get rid of these people.
0: Yeah, it's not going to happen.
3: It's just amazing, Glenn. Right. And as far as Eric Adams, you say you like him. Yeah, I do. You didn't hear his speech. No, I did. uh, Yesterday or today, did you?
1: Uh, Maybe not today. No, what did he say? What did he say?
3: Everything was blamed on Trump and the Republicans.
1: Right. The guy in the wheelchair.
3: Whole problem. Right. It's created by the Republican Party mm-hmm. and Trump. Right. He's no good guy. Well, you know look what? Look what he's done down. Look what he's done down
1: there. Well, he's better than De Blasio. That's what I was saying. Plus, he's in well, excellent know. shape.
3: I don't think he's any better. That's like this governor we have now. No, she's, she's no old. better than our last one. Yeah, she might, she might be worse.
1: No, she's much worse. I agree. I like that. Andrew Cuomo was better. I agree. I totally agree. Even but though he was a douchebag. good think. Yeah.
3: Of what's going to happen if if this uh, if the state makes us do that? Right. And like I said, where do these all these small little communities? Mm-hmm. Where are they going to come up with tens and tens of millions of dollars? South Jeff, mm-hmm. Belleville, right. Lyme, What what's Bay. Wrong?
1: Bay. What, what's you wrong? Know, I mean, think yeah. about it. This is ridiculous what they're trying to do. I know. It's all for the kids, though. Remember, it's all for the kids. Randy Weingarten. Yeah, ah! but somebody's got to pay for all that. Uh, of course. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, Glenn. All right, thanks. I know. It's got, again, we're all creatures of the 20th century. And anyone born after 1990 despises that. Maybe not their parents, maybe their grandparents, as long as they give them a couple of bucks so they can go out and, you know, have some ice cream or something. But for the most part, they despise us. And again, that's always been the case. Generational things, kids always hated the adults. But now it's just, it's it's outrageous. And by the way, as far as a recall in New York State, even if that was a rule, like in California... It, 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 it's just like counting, you know, uh, unregistered votes or, or, or mail-in votes from the beginning. I love how they do audits in states like Michigan. Oh, it's all it's all kosher. It's, everything's great. You just counted the same fraudulent votes from the beginning, and then you turn around and says, we're going to put you on trial. You tried to steal the election. So a, a recall would get you nowhere, because at the end of the day, it's not like you're going to bring in 10 million more Republican voters for the recall. You still have the same blue state voters. New York City voted for Kathy Hochul. She won by over 700,000 votes. The preponderance of the better percentage, rather, of the state's votes came from the city. Over 8 million people. Not all of them voted. Not even, a lot of them don't even care to vote. That's, uh, unfortunately, that's everywhere. But they wanted this woman in there. Because the majority of people living in urban settings in America just prefer to have a reckless society as anything run by a guy in a red tie. Particularly a white dude. That's all there is to it. Higher in the air.
2: Yeah, this whole thing, I don't understand it. You're going to have a goddamn revolution, I'm telling you. Within five years, this, there's going to be another Civil War. Uh,
1: I appreciate your time, sir, but we got to watch the language. Higher in the air.
0: Yeah, watch your language.
1: Yeah, i got to watch the language there. It's <laughs> Danny Francis. Next, that's after in the yeah. audience.
4: Hey, it's a, a couple of good topics and good callers. Yeah, yeah
1: we're, always, uh, always.
4: I'd like to wade in on the on the thing with the New York City yeah. and the migrants coming up here and being bussed up here from Texas. Yeah. It's a topic that I, I can understand why people get emotional both ways up and down across the chart. Mm-hmm. But my, my question would be this, why can't, why can't the governor of Texas use those same buses and send them back to Mexico?
1: <laughs> because they'll just come back again.
4: No, no, I'm just saying. You know, why, why New York City? Why, why not, uh, why don't send them to Colorado?
1: Well, it's, it's, fu- it, it's funny that you should say that because the, the people on, on the left, I'm not going to say your side, Danny, but the people on the left would say that would be even less humane. You're sending them back down to a war-toned zone, a dictator. They're, they're refugees. They're escaping that. You're sending them back. Uh, it's like sending them back to prison. So well, uh, point, ideally, the point, it's, it's... The point I, I'm
4: getting at is, obviously, Texas can't solve it, so they're going to dump their problems
0: on somebody else, you, in, including sometimes...
4: You,
1: you know what, Danny, not to interrupt, but hear, hear me out on this. Uh, 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 Mayor Adams, and, and for that matter, a lot of Northeasterners, not just in New York City, they look at the migrants in such a discriminatory... Ma- they don't even know how discriminating they are, and I'll explain that. They look at it like, wait a minute... People from Central America or South America, particularly, especially from Mexico, are they should be in border states. This should be an issue only dealt by this huge. Um, you know, Texas is such a huge state. It looks like Mexico. In fact, it's right next to a state called New Mexico. It it's arid. It's dry. It's a desert. That some of the cities down in in Texas start with their letters E L, like in El Paso. They look at like. Why are they up here? This, this isn't their neck of the woods. They should be down there. They should be gardening, you know, helping people down there and, and working in farms in Texas. That's the attitude that they're – why are they sending them up here? They should, this should be someone else's pro- – so they're getting a taste of someone else's agony or misery, Danny. And, and at the same time, they're, they're like, they don't get it. They, they say they want inclusivity. They want a free country. They want an open border. But at the same time, it's like, eh, they don't belong here. They belong somewhere down with Arid, and they speak all the same language. Do you agree with that?
4: The same thing with Florida when he busted them up to uh, Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, and a
1: lot of those people from Venezuela are, are thriving. Uh, by the way, Venezuelans, Cubans, and Mexicans, for the most part, are the hardest working people in the world. And when you give them an opportunity, they will work. But when you cram them all in midtown Manhattan uh, hotels, uh, uh, you know, thousands at a time, they're, they're not going to be productive. So something's got—it's almost like a balloon that's going to explode.
0: It just, it just seems to me like
4: uh, Texas is unwilling or unable uh, to help solve the problem, so they just throw them on the bus.
1: Yeah, because they get the—they get the better percentage because they have the largest land mass, and El Paso gets like what a thousand a day. Can you imagine a thousand people entering, you know, the, the the northern border where we are a day, Danny? We could barely handle the the welfare uh, percentage that we have now. We'd be a mess.
4: I've always subscribed to one way to come to the United States, and that's through the front door uh, legally.
1: Uh, yeah, but that's not happening anymore. Those I days have, are uh, over. I understand that. Yeah.
4: You're always going to have uh, migrants coming in, uh, people illegal. You're, you're going to have that forever because the U.S. is so offer so much
1: right right and and yet they're coming from areas of the world near the equators where the 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 not all but for the most part the the soil is fertile you can farm 365 days of the year and they're they're walking away from that because of because of dictatorships like because on, un, unstable I real fast governments uh, two
4: callers, particularly duff was talking about the education but you know the one thing you know, I worked in education for a long time, including here in the local schools, grades seven yeah. to twelve. Uh, There's a le- the the onus seems to be, you know, Democrats are doing this, the leftists are doing that, the woke this, the woke that. And, but you know, it comes right down to, you know, what it comes back down to really,
1: um, what family?
4: The parents. That's, that, yeah. Yeah. Well, that same thing. Correct. Sure. Yeah. These kids that learn how to get to learn the alphabet, how to count, how to do this, right. to do that, take care of themselves before they go to the first grade, mm-hmm. through kindergarten, not into the first grade, I should say. Uh, the onus is on the parents, but I, I don't see a lot of that right now today, because whether they're incapable or unable or not are not able yeah. to take care of their kids before they go to school, when they say, that's going to be the school's responsibility. Exactly. So, right. to so a certain point it is. Right. right. But to the... Proceeding point: It's up to the parents to mm-hmm. get them prepared to go to school. And, and that's exactly that as a parent. Yeah, I'm saying that as someone who's taught school, who who taught other people's kids. Right. And I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know you. So uh, I think the onus is: it's so easy to blame one side or the other without really looking at the, at the root cause. The root
1: cause Listen starts that at buzz. home
4: with the family, the parents with their kids, getting them prepared for going to school. Right. But it's Danny, just going to. a... a, a A PTA are going to a a school board meeting and just screaming and yelling because you read something happening in Florida in this book and banned that book and we're we're worried about it here. Mm -hmm. I don't think we have that problem here.
1: Well, we do, but neither neither here nor there. Yeah, well, yes, we do. First of all, society, as you know, Danny, has changed, and it's funny that you mentioned that. And then I got to go. I got to do a break here, but. I I think over time, uh, a lot of you know single parents have relied on the schools, the school system, if you will, in the last 40, 50 years to raise their children because of single family household, single parent household. But
4: I'm just, I'm not talking about the single parent. Now I'm talking about so-called, you know, mother and father household parents. That that's the big
1: onus right now. It should be on them too. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Danny. I totally now, agree. Just
4: to complain, but to help solve the
1: problem. Yeah, I but that's a pipe dream. dream. It's not. It's not the case, especially in urban America. Okay. Well, have a nice weekend. All right, you too. That, that's a pipe dream. It's never gonna happen. Sorry, I hate to be negative, but it's never gonna happen. Hi in the air. Hey, it's it, Gun Nut. Hey, it's you? Gun Nut. What's happening, Gunnut?
0: Not too much, not too much. It's a good, it's a good day. This heat wave's kind of unusual, but
1: yeah, it's a little cooler uh, today. Today yeah. was better, yeah, yeah, no doubt.
0: It's too bad the summer's over, but it's not really over. Some of the best times out on your water there is just coming up.
1: Yes, yeah, this this is you know, a beautiful time of year. Thanks, thanks to global warming, we we get an extended version of the summer. It's right through all October.
0: right with me. I don't yeah. care.
1: Bye. Exactly.
0: You know, i I listened to Dan, and I was trying to.
1: Restrain you yourself. Know, right.
0: well, I was trying to figure out the spin he would put on reality this time. You mm. know what I mean? Because you can't have reality. The reality, my friend Dan, is that your cities, these sanctuary cities and, and, and zones, and we're going to give you every, I mean, look at New York City. They get hotel rooms, transportation, meals. You know, you you said, come on in. Right. And and then you don't want them. That Dan, that's really a dishonest point of view. I'm not saying you have it, right. but it's a dishonest point of view that your party has.
1: Right, exactly. I
0: mean, look what you look what you did out, in, in what was that, where Martha's Vineyard. Right. You like, know, yeah. I, I'm not saying we should drop 5,000 illegals in Martha's Vineyard, mm-hmm. but you know, f- the way you guys flushed on that one was mm-hmm. pretty amazing. It's killing. It's killing schools. Right. T- this New York City thing's pretty funny. Watching the schools try to figure
1: out, yeah, what they're going to do. Not to I mention mean, Staten Island. You yeah.
0: know, Dan, Dan, this is your party stuff.
1: Right. Right.
0: Don't. Don't. He, he used the words that really ticked me was. The guy in Texas is trying to pass off his problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. That's what he says. Trying to pass off his problem. Right, Dan. It's a problem that was created by you and your party. Right, right. You know, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm trying to be reasonable with Dan, but you know, you 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 said you put the green light out, and then you said, you know, don't come here. Oh, welcome, man. Very unfair. It's very dishonest.
1: No, I agree. But don't, Gunna, unfortunately, I gotta get. And good call, by the way, as always. I gotta do a break. We're already we're way into oh, the second half. Okay,
0: okay. Well, listen. You have a good summer. I hope it stays warm a couple, three more weeks.
1: I and you too, Gunna. And thanks for the call. Don't be a stranger. See you, buddy. I'll talk to you. That's the Gunna. I looked up at the clock and I said, "Oh my goodness, I gotta do this." We'll be back with more of the show after this. Roof looking older than you are, finding more tiles, and call you back. <laughs> Hi, so yesterday we were talking, uh, well, last couple of days about the Jimmy Fallon story. I want to cover a little bit of some of the bases there. Just, uh, I I read this article yesterday. This according to Rolling Stone uh, magazine. So, you know, first of all, right off the bat, someone said, Rolling Stone, why would they, why would Rolling Stone come up with a a seething article about one of their own? I said, well, you know, first of all, when was the last time anyone subscribed to Rolling Stone magazine? Not, Not as many, so eventually, you know, the, the rats have to start eating themselves, and we saw that with the New York Times about five, six years ago when uh, they brought in some some new elephants there. Uh, some very liberal uh, w- female editors came in, you know, from East Coast editors. As they looked around. They looked at the bottom line and says, boom, we got to do some changes around here. We just can't talk about conservatives. We just can't talk about Donald Trump. We just can't talk about people that like the flag and NASCAR. That just gets over the, you know, people just stop reading that. We need something else. Harvey Weinstein. That's it. The Me Too generation started roughly around the same time and they started attacking a lot of people and then they realized, wait a minute, a lot of these people are on our side. Oprah Winfrey loves Harvey Weinstein. Well, they tore him down and they established themselves a new audience altogether because people read up on it, subscribed to the New York Times, and you got more viewers, you got more legacy, right? That's the way it works. You always look for a larger audience, even if you have to eat your own in the process. So Rolling Stone said, "Well, geez, we got a l- bunch of people approaching our writers. And they're saying Jimmy Fallon's a drunk. So you could say, well, you got a you got a crappy boss there. You know, there they were complaints about Johnny Carson being, you know, unsettled sometimes. He he had a drinking problem too. But and then Letterman, he had an affair, and you know, there were times where there was some. You know, it, it's it's going to happen in any workplace. Despite the fact that they create comedy on a regular basis, uh, you would think it's not all fun and games." But when you start reading the article about Jimmy Fallon, chaos, comedy, crying rooms, crying rooms. There's no crying in comedy inside Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show. So it comes down to 16, well, I'll say that again, 16 current and former staffers say Jimmy Fallon's erratic behavior spoiled their dream of working on the Tonight Show. Not just uh, working on the Tonight Show, but getting into the wonderful world of show business, working in New York City, working in Midtown. That's a lot of kids' dreams, is not only to move to New York, but work for something that everyone could admire. Look at me. My son works in Midtown Manhattan. He lives in Brooklyn because he can't afford Midtown, but he lives in New York City nonetheless. He's so special. Well, a lot of these kids were disappointed when they got this gig, 16 of which complained and went straight to uh, Rolling Stone. It was a particularly tense day on the set of Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. The host, known for his warm and congenial presence on screen, was acting especially dismissive and irritable during production meetings. A former longtime employee tells Rolling Stone "Then he stumbled through a rehearsal in the front of a studio audience who typically sit in the rehearsals for the late night show. They do essentially two shows. Employees who spoke to Rolling Stone about their experience working on The Tonight Show say it's a it's common knowledge behind the scenes that there are good Jimmy days where Fallon's wit and charm and creativity are in full display, and then there are bad Jimmy days. This was a bad Jimmy day, according to the employee. They say Fallon seemed to be confused during his rehearsal that day in 2017 when he crossed out uh, jokes and on a piece of paper, the, the piece of paper he was holding, Rift, and, uh, and the audience for a bit Then uh, look back down at the same sheet of paper. So it was an awkward moment. All of a sudden he's writing. It's like, this joke is no good. He says, and I quote, he couldn't remember he just, uh," rather this person, this witness said, he couldn't remember he had just crossed it out himself. The employee says, I was like, oh God, he seems drunk. He doesn't know what he's doing. This could be awful. They're about to have a show here. This could be the end of the show right here. Another staffer says, They, too, witnessed the incident from a live studio feed inside the office. So this just describes just one moment. According to two current and 14 former employees, The Tonight Show has been a toxic workplace for years, far outside the boundaries of what's considered normal. They've had all, all types of people describe The Tonight Show as tense and pretty glum, with some alleging they've been belittled and intimidated by their bosses, including Fallon himself. So it, it, it's usually it starts from the top. If Fallon's a douchebag, then everyone else underneath him, because they're all ass kisses to begin with. They could care about each other at any given time, especially when the boss. I'm saying this myself, by the way, especially when the when the boss is being a douche. Anyone kisses up who kisses up to the boss is also being a douchebag. Do you get that? That's just you know, the domino effect. Employees, i go back to the article here, employees described being afraid of Fallon's outbursts and unexpected, inconsistent behavior. Many of these staffers voiced their common concern. So there were other times where the employees said their mental health was impacted. Those staffers say it was commonplace to hear people joking about wanting to kill themselves. And they would also refer to guest dressing rooms in the office as crying rooms. So when they would get upset, they wouldn't want anyone to know it. So they'd go into one of the dressing rooms and cry their eyes out. I don't know if there's been and women and men, but whatever. Because that's where they would go and, and uh, vent their, their feelings. The former staffers who spoke to Rolling Stone requested uh, they'd be anonymous. Uh, also, others were suicidal. And this article goes on and on and on. And this will sell a lot of magazines. They're, they're throwing one of their own under the bus. But it's all for the sake of new subscribers. And ultimately, hey, late night is so friggin' crowded anyway. You know, and we still don't see a Chelsea handler on a consistent basis at the 1130 hour. This could shift things. So don't be surprised. And by the way, the mainstream media is also supporting Jimmy Fallon by saying, well, he apologized. He went in front of his staff. By the way, he's not on the air. They've been showing reruns now for over four months since the strike start. Colbert crossed the line and he's doing new shows because he's nervous and he wants to get back into the political reign. Late Night has turned into Nightline with, with a live audience. That's all it is. It's Ted Koppel with a band, with a live audience, a lot of tourists, a lot of people looking for Mama Leonis that doesn't even exist anymore. And then they rush on over to the Ed Sullivan Theater and they just listen to a guy disgrace the former president, Donald Trump. That's what Late Night has turned into. But here's my opinion about Jimmy Fallon and why he reacted this way. If you noticed, I said 2017. What happened in 2016? Well, I'll tell you, and you know this, that's when the man who the year before came down the escalator won the election in November 2016. Up until that point, Steve Colbert's job was in question. In fact, they were, there was question at the time, Les Munvez, who got caught with his pants down as well, he got fired years later. But at that point, he was running CBS, and the numbers coming out of CBS at 1130 with the new Stephen Colbert show were abysmal. And there was some talk they were going to replace Stephen Colbert with another prima donna by the name of James Corden. We didn't know that then, but we knew later he was, an, he was a jerk rather than two waiters and waitresses. He's an intelligent man. He's British, blah, blah, blah. And so anyway, that was the time when Steve Colbert's future was in question. But who wins the election? Donald Trump wins the election. What does Stephen Colbert do? He hinges on Donald Trump more so than any other late night host. Jumping the gun on the other two guys. Kimmel was never going to be second. North. He was always going to be in the sewer. That was ABC's boy, the squinter. Didn't matter what Kimmel, Kimmel did. But it was always going to be a battle between NBC and CBS. And even when Leno took over for, for Carson, Leno was still, and then, of course, Letterman took over uh, for, uh, and uh, uh, you know introduced everyone to late night TV after Pat St. Jack's Big abysmal uh, uh, two-year stint, which I've Not even that. Maybe for six months. Nonetheless, I'm all over the place. Sorry. Uh, CBS was now uh, established with its own late night, but throughout that whole time, you know, Hugh Grant was hooking up with uh, with a hooker, and and so and my point is, NBC always dominated late night, always until Donald Trump won in 2016. So you get a drunk like like Jimmy Fallon, born in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, by the way, where my parents were born. And he, you know, a, a drunk can be your best friend and as long as the drunk is, is in control, and especially a narcissist like Jimmy Fallon. So here it is. He's a talented guy, by the way. He's funny. He's a good singer. He plays guitar. He's ageless. He's always the same. He always looks the same. He always got away with being disheveled and his tie, and his. It just always looked like a teenager. But the moment someone like that starts to lose popularity, then he turns on his own people. And that's exactly what happened. I didn't have to walk into the room in 2017 to know. I just look at the article and I realized that's the reason he wasn't number one anymore. He lost. He lost that. Now. At one point, you know Conan O'Brien had taken over and Letterman was probably beating Conan O'Brien. That's when they panicked and brought back Jay Leno. But Jay Leno retired for the second time and that's when they gave the gig to Jimmy Fallon, who at that point was doing the Late Late Show, which used to be David Letterman's years earlier. Nonetheless, I hope I know I'm confusing everyone. But in 2017, that's when it shifted. That's when Stephen Colbert, who was on the, in his last leg... And then all of a sudden, Trump wins, and it, and it was just anti-Trump from that point going forward. In defense of Jimmy Fallon, he didn't want to go in that direction. He just wanted to be the disheveled, teenager-looking guy that played you know, Paul McCartney songs in parodies. But they didn't want him to do that anymore. So I'm sure he didn't like that. And he just he's a horrible interviewer. He, he's, he, the little games he plays when he's writing and he's thinking, and they got the piano music in the background. No creativity whatsoever. Listen. I don't know what you think about this show. I do this every day. I've been doing it for decades. I don't have a producer, and I don't want to be self-indulgent here, but I just want to say that that you can entertain people, albeit a small marketplace, and keep people's interest for an hour by yourself. You just you just have to have a lot of things in your head that you can talk about. In the case of these late night guys, if you look at the credits, they have at least a hundred people working to create this one hour of crappy of crappy comedy. And then 10, 10, 10 to 15% of that hour is a band that no one ever heard of. And the rest is commercials and the monologue, which in, in Colbert's case goes on for at least 12 minutes, and 80% of which goes against conservatives and Donald Trump. How difficult is that to do when you need 100 people? And yet somehow or other Fallon still screwed that up. And once he lost grip or grasp of the, of the number one slot, that's when he turned on his own. And it's been going on for years. Whether or not he learns from this, it's damaged goods at this point. He's not on the air now. They're still playing repeats from the past two years or so. They're digging deep. In fact, last night I thought he was live. He wasn't. It was a show from over a year ago, maybe two years ago. It's, it's so out of touch. So this might be the end, not just for Jimmy Fallon, but this could be the end of late night altogether. Remember, James Corden's show has not been replaced. They're playing repeats from last year, but he retired back in May of last year. Uh, to very little fanfare, by the way. No one really gave a crap, to tell you the truth. But now they're just they're spinning their wheels. So we'll have to see. In fact, Kathy Hochul's actually looking for a refund refund from the uh, Spectrum uh, because of the strike that's going on right now. If you have a Hollywood strike, why would you still be charging us the same rate when you're not coming up with new programming? Bravo to Kathy Hochul. But it's a day late and a dollar short on all of your other crappy policies as a blue state governor. She's terrible. I got to do a break right now. We're going to break away from the action. We'll be back right after this.
0: You're looking for a level-headed take on politics. Five eight two thousand four.
1: Welcome back uh, to the show. If you want to chime in, by all means, uh, 755-1240 is the number. Remember, we also uh, stream this show live online in various ways. You can go to News Junkie and find that link on a daily basis. Plus, I'm on the. social media called Facebook. Did you ever hear that? It's a very famous app. It's called Meta now. But people still call it Facebook. People still call it uh, Twitter. Now referred to as the letter X. That was that was genius. Uh, let's go to the phones. Higher in the air. Hello. Hey, Glenn. What's How happened? you doing? Good. How you doing? It's the ordinance guy. Real good. Hey, a uh,
5: couple things. Uh, one thing I heard Danny say, yes, we do teach our kids before they go to school. Yes. But when the school says that they don't have to tell us when they're going to have a gender change, that's wrong. Yes, it is. <laughs> but can the I? The other thing is,
1: Yeah.
5: well, the other thing is, is that I listened to 1240 a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to Brian Kilmeade. Yeah. SG is totally wrong about the Afghan exit. He thought it was the greatest military move ever. Wow. Well, the general that was in charge of it has major regrets. Really? And mm. said it, yeah, because he was ordered by politicians not to take action. Mm. Well, you have Joe Biden, you have the uh, Secretary of Defense mm-hmm. telling them, no, you, this is a political thing. You people cannot do anything. Right, right. That's why 13 people died, 26 mm-hmm. others were injured. Right.
1: Mhm. Yeah. All oh,
5: SG thinks it's the greatest thing and actually the general said it was the worst thing since Saigon.
1: Hmm. Yeah, the fall of Saigon, yeah, is you know, as we see v- images of that. That's
5: just a miserable thing.
1: Yeah, it was. But let me let me get back to your original uh, point about, you know, here here's the thing. Uh, municipal governments particularly in our school systems, which is a part of municipality, of course, has taken have, have become parents to our children and they have taken you know taken that responsibility to the next level where now we have legislation going through states like New Jersey and others who are fighting to, tooth and nail to the end uh, so that parents don't have the right to know what's going on with 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 the the, the mindset of their own children at an early age so, sorry this
5: might this is my child
1: yeah i know but I you're old you're old school how again you're older than i am you're you're a creature of the 20th century Thank you. And and that's a good thing. And eventually the 20th century is going to be canceled altogether, and that's what they're looking to do. If you see this Rachel Zegler woman who's playing Snow White, she's half Latina and half Eastern Germany. No,
5: I don't even go that route.
1: Well, you got it because she is the face of the new millennials. She's 22 years old. She was born just around the time of 9-11, and she has been taught... To to understand that most everything from the patriarch society, as we know, is the 20th century, was wrong. That Snow White, uh, created in 1937 by Disney, was abysmal, which was a terrible thing. The the, the prince in that story was a stalker, and that it didn't indicate the power of a woman to take care of herself. But in this case, that's all been changed in the new version.
5: Go ahead. A powerful woman. Yeah. She's pure Irish.
1: Who's that? Who's Irish?
5: My wife. Oh, your wife. God She's bless 80s. her.
1: Right. Good Good for her.
5: We've been married for 44 years.
1: And I'm sure you both saw Snow White when you were children, and you appreciated the oh, yeah. story for what it was worth. Right? Yeah. But your grandchildren, and I'm not picking on your grandchildren, have a higher propensity to say no, no, it's stalking, weird, weird. That's how she talks. Well, and- no,
5: my, well, I, I don't know if my grandson, he
1: just turned 12 the other day. Yeah,
5: he lives in South Carolina. I don't know if he's seen the movie or not. Right. I don't know if his mother allows him. No, it to hasn't
1: view. hasn't come out yet. It's gonna it's gonna come out later uh, next year. Yeah, yeah sometimes. Uh, yeah.
5: Uh, no, he's very well rounded.
1: Yeah young man. Mm-hmm. But my point is this. But, it's not your grandchild, but there's a lot of other people's grandchildren coming up the ranks that are just ridiculed, have been taught have been taught through the, to, to to the end that the, our our parents' generation, for that matter, generations before them, were wrong. They were the oppressors. They're the people oh, that have we're... ruined this world and the earth itself.
5: One other thing, Glenn. Yeah, yeah. I am a retired firefighter mm-hmm. living in the South Jefferson School District. Yeah. If we have to buy 100 electric buses, My. I can't afford to pay the school tax.
1: No, of course not. But you're going to have to.
5: And what happens? Because they've already found out that the buses run out of power.
1: I know. But, but sir, sir, just the, the remember, bus. i got very little time left. Okay, but he, there's he, no he, heat. I, 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 exactly. There's no heat in no, those buses I for those children. Not, I know. But we're just going to have to find out the hard way. But i got to go. But thank you for the call. Have a great weekend. But here's the bottom line on all that. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what Glenn Curry thinks. It matters what Randy Weingarten thinks. That's what matters. And I use her as she's the top. She Just like Jimmy Fallon was. When he's a douchebag, everyone else is a douchebag. When Randy Weingarten wants everything that you don't want, everyone underneath her wants what she wants. So it doesn't matter what we want. We're just creatures of the 20th century. We don't get to say anything anymore. We're the problem. The left's biggest concern... Is the right. It's not the open border. It's not inflation. They, they they might get pissed off by that, but it's the it's us. That's all they're concerned with. If they could just get rid of us, their lives would be better. Of course they'd be remain they'd remain miserable. For the most part, leftists are just not only ugly, they're fuggly. They interview these kids in college, and I'm not just talking about their blue hair and whatnot. They just ugh. They're horrible physical specimens, and they've been been empowered in recent years. It's a very, very dangerous concoction, what we're, we're stirring up here. And it's happening right from the beginning. And unfortunately, our young generations just have learned to hate everything about America. And that's going to continue, unfortunately. I hope you have a great weekend. That concludes today's wonderful, uh, optimistic version of the Live at Five show. We do it every day. AM 1240, WATN Watertown makes us legal. Up next, CBS News. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com.
4: I'm Linda Kenyon in Washington. The feds have eased pollution standards in Texas in order to help keep the power on.
2: The U.S. Department of Energy issuing an order allowing Texas power plants to temper.